hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. Kirk, did you, uh, did you move recently? Oh man, I gotta tell you. <laughs> did you win the lottery? I have spent the whole weekend moving into this beautiful apartment. <laughs> I think that's Fraser Crane's apartment. <laughs> yes, yes, I bought it. I now live in New York. Uh, Seattle, we will but have nice to try. do. Oh yes, <laughs> you know when you move across the country, it it doesn't matter where. It just seems like New York. Sure, but you know I might do some live streams from my piano. Yeah. I might do some quick TikToks from my beautiful couch. It's gonna be crazy. The stuff I'm gonna give you. It's it's great. I'm I'm proud of you. Um, yeah. So. Kirk is using one of the digital backgrounds, I believe. Is that right, Kirk? There's a little bit, there's a little bit. The only reason I can tell, because it looks, I mean, there's it, almost unnoticeable. There's a little bit of white in between your headphones. Otherwise, oh, so, but. What do you mean? Yeah. If I so, put my hand like If you put your this. hand there, it's totally not recognizable at all. Uh, that's awesome. Welcome, Kirk. I am your other co-host, Cam, and we are back. This is Popcorn for Breakfast. We're back on the stream. I think this is the first time we've streamed in, what, three weeks or something like that? Yes. It's been absolutely bananas. We're, we're all out of sorts, but we're getting it figured out, and we're back uh, consistently on Mondays for as often as we can be consistent with it. Right, Kirk? That's right. That's right. I mean, I don't know how much time I can devote. I got to... <laughs> You know, move some stuff around and unbox some stuff in my apartment. Would, but <laughs> I love, let's see how committed you can be to this character <laughs> throughout the whole thing. I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, you're gonna. I mean, this is. I guess this will be will be your studio for a little while out here while you're in transition. I mean, it looks like you got some furniture. Yeah, you've got your piano. Obviously, I mean that's important. Yeah, you see my fireplace too. <laughs> um, this is really great for people who are only listening. I just want to point that out. That's great. Yeah, this um, is good radio. Right, right, right. I've got a beautiful fireplace. It's double sided. You can't tell from behind me, but if I were to walk back there, I could show you how I could pop out. I won't do it because again, you can't see it. But I'm gonna be chopping wood, yeah. like uh, like Steve Rogers in which one does he split the wood with his hands? Uh, um, Avengers: Age of Ultron, maybe. Yeah, Age of Ultron. That's it. That's the I'm, one. I'm basically Chris Evans. I am living in um, Hawkeye's cabin getaway in an apartment in New York that's should have been Seattle's Frazier's apartment, and I am Chris Evans yeah. as well. You're loving it. You're living living it living the high life. But mm-hmm. like I said, welcome into Popcorn for Breakfast. This is our What's Poppin' episode. Uh, if you're joining us on the stream, thank you so much. If you're not joining us on the stream and you're not seeing Kirk's new apartment. Uh, which is, I guess, is the story we're going with. Uh, you can every Monday night, nine thirty p.m. Central Time. We are on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube simultaneously, and you can watch the replay on YouTube the next day or on Facebook the next day. Um, and Twitch, I think you can as well. But then you can also listen to the podcasts as soon as Tuesday as well. So this is what's popping. This is where we knock out all the latest and greatest in movie and TV news. And we have some big stories this week. We didn't go all the way. We didn't try to cover three weeks of news because that would just be a really long episode. And frankly, there wasn't anything that cool. But this week, there were some big stuff. There were there were some big stories. We've got uh, Stranger Things trailer. We've got 
a Thor Love and Thunder teaser trailer. And we're going to get all the way into that. Kirk and I were uh, planning on doing a rendition of Sweet Child of Mine in in uh, celebration of that. But we're going to find out a different way to deliver that performance to you because, you know, when you're when you're working on things like that over Wi-Fi, it's very difficult. The lag was too much to overcome. And while Kirk and I are both extremely talented vocalists, as you, yes. you know, if you're a lifelong listener, you've heard some of our parodies and renditions in the past. Um, not even, not even our abilities could overcome the Wi-Fi lag. So yes, here we are. if you haven't heard our parody to Alexander Hamilton titled, oh. it's almost time for Hamilton. <laughs> That's a good one. Are you really even a popcorn for breakfast fan? I mean, stop what you're doing and go find that video. It's gold. We'll have to post it again. Once we do our once we do our um, sweet child of mine stepbrother style acapella rendition, we'll have to splice together all of our greatest hits. I think at that point we'll probably be close to we'll be close to like at least an EP. I mean, we did we did I know we did a Frozen <laughs> two one. We did. <laughs> Lion King, we just we just flat out sang the Lion King song. Then we did yep. Hamilton. This will be Sweet Child of Mine. There are a few yep. others out there. I don't exactly remember which ones they are, but uh, yeah, we're you know if if the podcasting thing doesn't work out, then the music career I think is the next step. Parodies yeah, will be know, the next Weird Al. Exactly. It's it's a Weird Al duo. You know, uh, I mean, The Lonely Island kind of had that, but they just do original stuff. We're just only doing parodies. Just parodies, two yeah. bros with mics. And a roadie roadcaster. So yep. we're, we got this. <laughs> Perfect. We have all the equipment we need for this career. But let's talk about the latest and greatest that's going on this week in movie and TV news. We're going to start with that Thor Love and Thunder trailer, Kirk. Let's, let's pop it out. <laughs> Kirk is holding up a, an action figure of Thor that is... That has absolutely shattered any illusion that he was trying to to keep going here for his apartment. <laughs> no, Cam, Thor's head forget- got pixelated off. It was it was terrible. Th- Thor has invisibility powers. I can't believe you didn't know that. Oh yeah, I must have missed that. Call uh, yourself that a comic fan. But speaking of Marvel fans, Marvel fans got a great gift today. A very late gift, I might add, which was in the form of a Thor Love and Thunder teaser and i'm going to play it now for those of you guys on the stream um i just want to say this is a true teaser a lot of times we get teasers these days that are that are really long like longer than two minutes or something like that and they're 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 deemed teasers i guess because of what they show but this one is a minute a tight minute 20 and it i don't know kirk we'll talk about it but i don't feel like we get much in this trailer we get lots of like here's thor's new look here's the guardians of the galaxy um at the very end we get natalie portman holding mjolnir this is all stuff we've known you know like there's no new information here really at all um but definitely a new aesthetic this is a very taika looking film uh, a couple of new characters in the fold here that we see. And of course, as we alluded to, Sweet Child of Mine playing over the background of it the whole way. But Kirk, as it's playing to your, well, to my right, if I'm looking at the screen, it's our left if you're looking at us. 
anyway, what are your what were your initial thoughts on this trailer? Well, I absolutely loved it. The, again, they're they're playing "Sweet Child of Mine" in the background, that, which only reminds me of Step Brothers. That's it. And I I just thought there was so much information visually, but zero information if. In, in relation to the plot, right? Like, so one of the things that I'm interested in is what is that giant, decrepit, uh, like chained up skeleton giant when he's right. working out? <laughs> I'm sure it will be a montage of him losing his fat. Like, what is that monster or that Goliath? What is the giant, dead, cold dinosaur that we don't, uh, that we just see him peering out at? Um, he's got a very zen uh, look in multiple points of this trailer. Uh, is he doing yoga? Are we going to get a yoga Thor scene? He's got a man like, bun. He's got, he's got a, the man <laughs> bun is back from Thor to, you know, arguably possibly the worst MCU film. <laughs> unfortunately, um, I just, there's a lot of unanswered questions. And when are we going to get a full trailer are we even going to get a full trailer? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Kirk, because because we have been, frankly, pouting and whining like babies about the lack mm-hmm. of content for this film. Because, the, like, there really is, there's just not been much of anything. We've gotten news, we've gotten a couple of, you know, leaked set photos, a couple of, like, Oh, you know, Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth and, you know, Karen Gillan were spotted in Australia. We've gotten that. We got a rap photo that was like, oh, they've, you know, they've rapped on Thor 4. But that's really it. And I'm looking at the time right now. We are 81 days away from this movie. This is way, way, way late to be getting a teaser trailer. And it be- it does beg the question of, like, how do you fit in two more I mean at least two more trailers maybe just one more because typically the way this goes is you get a teaser at least with Marvel you get a teaser and then two months later you get the full trailer well that's fine except for the fact that usually that teaser is coming seven eight you know six seven eight months in advance of the movie and then so two months later makes sense to get a full trailer here if we were to get a full trailer in two months we're two weeks away from the, the movie at that point, like two, three weeks away. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do this thing. I really don't. I, I don't know how much more we're going to see. And, and it begs the question, Kirk, what can we not see? Why is it that they're not showing us things? Is it, you know, I think the prevailing theory at this point is that multiverse of madness will play some sort of role. But keep in mind that, they showed us Spider-Man No Way Home trailers and were able to hide many important things there. So, right. and, and they've showed us Multiverse of Madness trailers well in advance of that movie. And this is just weird. This is weird. What are they hiding, Kirk? What are they hiding from us? I mean, I feel like, you know how Shang-Chi didn't really have like a massive, a massive connection, right? Like we had, we had bits and pieces and we were able to fit it in and just be like, whoa, how does that connect? I feel like this Thor film will be somewhat in that regard as well, because obviously he's getting dropped off pretty much immediately. Uh, by the Guardians of the Galaxy. So it seems like they roll out like, hey man, we can't take this anymore. (laughs) Get out of our ship. Uh, That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Uh, I I just, I don't, I don't see there being too many spoilers from 
Doctor Strange or, or even Moon Knight, as I speculated uh, yeah. previously. Like, I really wanted Moon Knight to be a part of something immediately. Um, but what? Why? Why cannot? Why can they not show us more? Why? I know. But of what they did show us, we'll stick to that for now because... No one can answer that question. And and frankly, no one expected the teaser trailer this late. So we have no idea how many more trailers we're going to get, when we're going to get them, if we're going to get them, etc. So mm-hmm. let's talk about what we do have now uh, in this minute and 20 seconds. So first of all, we get a much more traditional looking Thor. In fact, even you could argue even more traditional than the very first rendition of Thor. There's lots of like old costumes, like comic um, appropriate costumes right. which has been sort of a theme of the the newer uh phase of the mcu is that they're kind of going back to some of those older aesthetics in some case uh which is really cool this one is certainly more of like a rock and roll um feels very guardians i mean i think i think no secret that the guardians are in this and that james gunn w- was consulting and helping out with this james gunn taika waititi are good friends um and have worked together in the past but i think it does you know there's definitely a different vibe here even though it's also very taika like that first scene of him running through the woods as he's aging up like feels very taika feels jojo rabbit um etc but we're getting some we're getting back into way 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 like mythological out there type of things there's a look at presumably zeus in this you know he's holding a lightning bolt. He's got the long hair. It's Russell Crowe, though we don't see his face. We only see him from the back. You've got the Guardians there, which they're already very extraterrestrial, but, you know, they're going way out there. They have like a, you know, a Valhalla-looking Viking ship in one of the scenes, um, etc. I made a joke on Facebook that... Did you ever watch Dexter's Laboratory, Kirk? Every day of my life. Okay, so so you'll remember this then. They had a short in that show... I think it was like just like a quick little thing called the Justice Friends. It was like something that, right. that Dexter would watch, and it was a total knockoff of the Avengers on purpose. It was a parody. Like they had an inverted Hulk who was like purple with green shorts, and then they had this character named Val Hallen, who was basically Thor with an electric guitar. And I was making mm-hmm. the joke. I'll see if I can find a a picture of Val Hallen, but I was making the joke that like this is. That like they've they've made a Val Halen movie now like strong Val Halen vibes going on here, which is pretty funny. But um, yes, yeah. No other things. No look at Gore here or the God Butcher. So Christian Bale's MCU debut continues to be postponed. Um, there's lots of speculation around that role. Will it be very CGI? Will it not be, etc. Why why is he here? What what's going on there? And we get just a brief snippet of Natalie Portman. I mean, literally just one clip of her capturing uh, a mule near that looks like it's been super glued back together. Uh, you can still see the <laughs> fragments from when Hella right. smashed it to pieces, but she's looking absolutely ripped out of her mind for this role. Um, but yeah, that's all I got, Kirk. Any other big takeaways? Yeah, I just want to talk about how there's a 99.999%. No, there's a 100% chance that if you walk up to Natalie Portman right now, she could absolutely just floor you, just like just flick you and you hit the ground. <laughs> there's the picture. Yeah, there's because the when you see her, like when you think about 
like I'm thinking of like promos for Black Swan yeah. and how frail she was uh, on purpose for that role as a ballet dancer. And then you're like, wait a second, that arm is Natalie Portman? Like, bravo. I mean, that's bigger than my arm. I mean, I, let's oh, just be honest. Like, easily, uh, I was going to say, like, we need to post a poll on social that's like, could Natalie Portman beat you up right now? Yes. And and I think most people would have to say definitively yes. Like yes, <laughs> <laughs> there were set Impressive. photos. There were there were leaked set photos of her sort of in street clothes, you know, like practicing choreography and stuff. And her arms looked huge. And I, and oh my, my thought gosh. was just like, I was like, there's no way that she's that jacked for this movie. Um, that has to be Photoshop or something. Somebody who took this image. Well. I was way, way wrong. She's absolutely swole. And it's going to be interesting to see her journey as Jane Foster, especially considering we haven't had legit Jane Foster content since Dark World, with the exception of some brief reused footage from Endgame. But that's really it. So, like, how do they take it from where we left Jane in Dark World to get her now she's the mighty Thor? She has been chosen to wield Mjolnir like that that's quite a character journey to go on so I, I'm interested to see how they get there right unless unless that is part of the multiverse multiverse Jane Foster thrown through another dimension to another universe or she does that's possible ah. you know she shows up in for lack of a better identifier our dimension right and She's, you know, she calls for Mjolnir and from it comes to her. From a different universe. Or no, from our universe, I guess, right? Because it's it's broken. Okay. And but, you know, like, it's still, this? yeah, it's still like bestowed upon her because she's oh Thor. Oh my gosh. This, this is universe insane. or the other. I take it back. Maybe that's why we haven't been able to see more of the multiverse. I of know, but when you look at this movie and you look at this trailer, you go, there aren't going to be strong Doctor Strange ties. You know, there, there's aesthetically, there's nothing there. You don't see any characters that you would expect to appear in that movie. Those worlds did collide in Ragnarok. You know, whenever Doctor Strange does his whole bit with Hela and uh, Loki, throwing him in the you know the falling for thirty minutes part. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but you know, since then we don't really have much of a tie-in. So this this teaser to me is more questions than answers honestly i'm just glad we have it i am I mean, too i've watched it no less than 35 times Agreed. today i lost a full half hour of my day <laughs> today i am i'm just looking for clues yeah. and i'm sure that there are bigger sleuths than i that are already picking it apart on on tiktok and saying this this is what's going to happen i know and, but you uh, know those people like we do that and they do that. And you know what happens is we all end up pretty much wrong. Like th think about Endgame. I was, I ended up, I remember the first time I watched Endgame, I was a little bit disappointed because I had become so married to a theory that I had birthed in, in my own brain right. in talking to people that I was like, uh, it's not what I wanted. But you know, Endgame in most ways was not similar. Like it was similar in some ways. But there was nobody who had it exactly right. Nobody at all. No. Uh, nobody predicted the blip. Nobody predicted a lot of the big things that happened. The big deaths, like nobody predicted that. Um, no, so. everyone was just like 
you know, out of breath when they first saw people disappear, uh, specifically Tom Holland. I remember you put a lot of money on how you thought the end game was going to go. You lost a lot of money on that bet. I think you had to like sell a house or something, right? Am I, is that correct? Game? What? Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember? You, no. you put it on DraftKings or wherever you place bets. I don't think you can do that. I, I've heard Kirk, there's, a seriously? Back, there's a back door. If there was, Kings. I'm already on FanDuel and and let me tell you, if there was betting on movie plot lines, like odds <laughs> that X character dies, I would have zero dollars. Like that, I would be obsessed with that. <laughs> I have to like really, I, I have an addictive personality, so I have to really rein myself in already. But if that existed, maybe we should invent that, Kirk. I, my next official sentence, IP. This you. is copyrighted. If anybody hears this, this is, and you think this is a good idea, too bad. I just, I, this is our IP. Back off. You know how we're always talking about we need to record more things and put sound effects in? This There should be a sound effect that has both of us just screaming at the top of our lungs, trademark, trademark. Yeah, yeah seriously. Here we go. Uh, that's actually a really good idea, Kirk. Well, we'll have to we'll have to have a little brain brainstorming session on that. All right, right, let's move on to our next trailer. We got another big trailer here. Um, this one is one that I think everybody has been waiting for. Frankly, with everything going on with COVID, I think people kind of, for a while, forgot about this show, and that is uh, Stranger Things. So, Stranger Things 4 is on its way, and this is big because Stranger Things 3 ended in a very dramatic way with the supposed death of uh, Jim Hopper, though they didn't end up committing to that for <laughs> very long at all. Just through the credits yeah they were like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> don't leave guys it's okay everybody loves david harbour we know you love david harbour um etc but you know he's coming back that's been confirmed through the end credits plus the teaser they released a while ago but you know in this trailer this feels like you know three felt like a big step forward for stranger things in terms of scale and this feels like even bigger than that like this this they continue to scale this thing up rather than like kind of flattening out plateauing for a conclusion because we heard you know a few months ago that stranger things five will be the end of it they will do four Mm -hmm. and then they will do five and then that's the end so this is the penultimate season um but i got to get your thoughts on some of the stuff happening in this trailer kirk and and what is your overall take? Are you still excited about Stranger Things? Is it kind of on the back burner for you? Like, what, what's your excitement level at? Well, I think I will be excited. The problem is there's been so much time that I yes. absolutely have to go back and watch, I mean, maybe the entire series thus far because we've had too much of a gap. Um, I'm really excited about the, there's a scene where they're skating. They're at the skating rink in here. I worked at a skating rink for seven years as a DJ. So, I mean, I'm locked in. Nothing can be bad about this season because of that. (laughs) Um, Super cool to see all the kids getting older. Like they're, as you get older, your relationships as friends change. We have, we've already seen that as they've gone along. And this one's going to be super different with how they have like dreams and aspirations and, uh, and just how they relate to one another. And the crazy house that that they teased which seems like a big deal which was like ah that seems like a gimmick i don't think from this trailer that it's a crutch like i don't think they're gonna stay in that little haunted house in the town for the whole entire series which it kind of seemed like yeah 
what are, what were your thoughts on Stranger Things 3? You know, I think that there were people who didn't love the like Russian plot line, you know, the the international intervention, the thing that, you know, making this like a global event type of thing. What was your take on all that? Yeah, I would say that I wasn't like hooked to it, but I was like, all right, that makes sense because of the time frame that it comes in and wow, did they strike gold with the horrific events that the Russians are doing now, right? Because now it becomes even more topical Um, because for our generation, the Cold War um, is not really memorable. Like it doesn't really, um, it it never really affected us as, you know, millennials and especially people that are younger than us. So to see, to think about that now, it makes it more, the stake it raises the stakes in my mind because yeah they're still they're still a threat they are you know uh attacking another nation and possibly more soon so i think that with that it makes it more interesting um unfortunately but i don't think that when it came out stranger things 3 that i was like yes yes the russians they're (laughs) evil they're bad guys yes it almost was like a trope uh, for, yeah, we, for that sure. In. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like for, for the last, what? I mean, really since the cold war, like, like the throwaway villain, international villain has been the Russians. And at a certain point, you know, even though people have different opinions on Russia or whatever, there was no real active conflict between right. our nations or them and any other nation for a long, long period of time. And so, yeah, when you get to like, Okay, Stranger Things 3 came out in, like, what, 2019, 20... Yeah, 2019, I think, because I know that it came out while we were podcasting. Yeah. Um, and you're like, Russians? <laughs> really? But now it's like, okay, that actually works. So um, in a really dark and weird and horrible way that, like, kind of benefits them, which I cringe as I say that, but, like... Right. It does help make it more relevant, but... Um, you know, the upside down is heavily featured in this trailer, which I think is good. I think that is sort of one of the most unique and enticing elements of this whole series. And now we've got like another upside down, uh, like boss, if for lack of a better term, like big bad, who yes. is more humanoid in his appearance. Um, calling it a he, I don't, I, I'm sure, I don't even know what's going on, but it has a name. It's like, um, and I don't know how it's pronounced, but no, it's like it's like it. saber with a C. It's like Sacker or Sacra or something like that. I wonder uh, if it's a Dungeons and Dragons name. Oh, it could be. Yeah, I mean they've used that a lot, right? That's a good call. Um, but there are lots of theories out there about who this person is. Um, like, is it? Is it our buddy Billy? Oh my gosh, please. I love Billy. Or 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 I mean Billy <laughs> Billy was awesome in season 3. Like that whole arc was incredible. So good. And like I found his death to be spoiler alert <laughs> too late, but <laughs> I found his death to be like the most emotionally impactful moment of that whole run. But yeah. you know, so that would be an interesting way for them to go, especially if it's like people can die get killed by a beast from the upside down like a demogorgon type thing and then turn into one in the upside down like what is that uh yes. that changes that changes the game in a big way uh there are a group of people i think probably mostly trolling saying uh that it's barb 
which I love. And, and if they did yes. that, it would be hilarious. And it would be total fan service, I think, because there's no way that that was in the original plans. Um, but I think the oh chances of that are extraordinarily low. Um, oh, Barb, rest in the upside down. <laughs> I know. Gone, gone, but not forgotten. Ne- never forgotten. Dude, for whatever never. For whatever reason, people have just really latched on to that character and i think that that's that's great um but yeah so so here we are stranger things penultimate season i think you know to answer the question that i asked you earlier i think i am excited i really liked three i feel like i waited a little while to watch it uh, but when i did i was able to you know i binged it because you can still do that on netflix it's like the last place you can actually still binge things whenever mm-hmm. they drop but I enjoyed that ride. So I, I am excited for four, but it definitely feels like a long layoff and I'll be interested to see how they get their groove back and, and, and again, become one of the most relevant shows um, like they have been so far through their first three seasons. So Right. I mean, they only had one bad episode of their three seasons. One bad episode. It just kind of went off the rails. They wanted to explain that there were more people like Eleven, mm, right? Yes. And I still think that that episode can be worth it if they really, like, really pull that storyline through in either season four or season five, which, you know, it's a program. It's like the Dharma initiative, right? Like, let's let's see that play out. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I agree. I think I think when they tried to mix in the, the other people who were like Elle, who, you know, she was picking up on their vibes and then went to go see them, that was messy. And obviously there is this undercurrent throughout the whole show of like, find, as we find out more about this, what's happening now, we have to also find out more about what happened then. You know, where did Elle yes. come from? What is her origin, etc. And to me, that, that plot line is still very compelling because it, it would be really a satisfying thing to tie both of them together at the same time for a conclusion. But the way that, the way that it happened in three, when they were trying to make that work, didn't work exactly and certainly they have to explore more of that in this season but this trailer doesn't appear to show anything texturally that looks like that episode or any of those people so i'll be interested to see which direction they decide to go right it also didn't help one last thing they didn't have the best crew of actors that were that played those characters i think that hurt it a lot i think it really did yeah, it was it was unfortunate. Like they did a decent job. Like they played their part. They said their lines. Um, no one was just like stumbling, whatever. But it wasn't like they didn't have true character backgrounds. It's almost as if they didn't get enough time to do a full character study on what they should be. And I think that if they continue that storyline, which I do want them to, that they need to make sure they pick the right people, recast them. Who cares? Or give those characters the right tools to go forward. Yeah. It, it reminded me of the, well, in retrospect, it reminds me of those people in the Book of Boba Fett that were like the, um, oh, what do they call them? But they were like partially mechanically engineered, you know, like yes. they had replaced parts of their body, like very campy, <laughs> very weird aesthetically and like not good actors on top of that. It was just a weird dynamic throughout like those. Move along. Yeah. Let's just like. <laughs> Let's just forget about forget about that because it didn't really add much. All right, right moving on. Here, here's an interesting thing. Variety was reporting later this week that, you know, on the 
as part of the afterbirth of the Warner and Discovery merger that that new group, Warner Media plus Discovery and the new leadership that's in place there is reevaluating. <laughs> and this is like a broken record for the umpteenth time. <laughs> what the heck is going on with DC Entertainment? They're like, we, this thing is disjointed as all get out, obviously. And they're like, we need to figure this out. So some of the reporters, particularly um, the people reporting from Variety on this, had the following highlights. They want a Kevin Feige-like, Kevin Feige-esque type of leader. They feel that the brand is not, uh, what, what do they say? Quote, lacks a coherent, creative brand strategy. They want to revitalize characters like Superman, and they want more things that are similar to Joker, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. Okay. Okay. So, and, and, and I have to be careful because I don't want anybody being like, you guys are Marvel shills. All you care about is Disney, Marvel, etc. DC has good stuff, etc. So I will, before I say anything, point to the fact that you and I both loved Joker, like yes. profusely. And 9.9. Loved score. the Batman. I loved it profusely. You loved it as well, but not, not as... So really high scores for those movies. And, uh, you know, we've liked Shazam and we've liked a few of their suicide squad. I loved the suicide squad so much. So, so I am, I'm saying that first so that I can now say anyone with any semblance of a brain could have come up with those four takeaways about DC. Like you don't have to be an executive getting paid seven figures a year <laughs> to come up with we need better leadership a coherent brand strategy more things like superman like more thi- more things with superman who we really have underutilized and more yep. things like joker which was one of the most unique superhero properties ever created on the silver screen i don't know if anything good is going to come of this but what is your take kirk you know, the first step in identifying that you have a problem is calling it out, is saying it out loud to those That's true. around you. And so it's always been, you know, just out there, like everyone knows it and everyone talks about it, but the studio has never said, boom, this sucks, let's fix it. And this seems like their moment to do that. There's a whole lot of steps after this, but this to me, I was happy to see because it tells me that someone really cares about turning this around versus, well, you know, they still make money. So uh, why don't we just keep trying to do the things? Aquaman six will be coming sometime soon and everybody be fine. I think that it'll be really good that this statement has come out and I'd like to um, take a Kevin Feige like leader. Maybe it's a Kevin Feige and brother like uh, figure uh, leader and put our names in the hat as I always like to do. Here, so here's the thing. First of all, yes, I would always love to submit my resume as a consultant to DC because it feels like the easiest thing to smash out of the park in the world. Like it would be so much easier to make decisions to make it better than what it is right now because I feel yes. like they have gone out of their way to make it bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But also the statement, this is the funniest thing about this to me. The statement 
We want to find a Feige-like leader for our unit is one of the most hilarious things I've ever heard in my life. Like, oh, in other news, the Los Angeles Clippers would really like to find a basketball player similar to Michael freaking Jordan. Like, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course you want someone like Kevin Feige. Oh, that does, <laughs> like, those don't just grow on trees. This guy is one in a million, one, one in a billion probably. He is one of the... Anyone in the biz will tell you that this is a guy who absolutely has his finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist in America and and truly internationally as well in terms of what kind of content people want and how to deliver it in a way that is both great as a fan experience and great as a film watching experience so that these movies can gain critical acclaim. There is there right. is no Feige like person that that's that's a discredit to who he is and you can't just bring in some other creative because feige really is a lifelong movie guy and and not like your typical not not a director not not a creative this is a guy who is is he produces stuff so he is he's looking at it from a different perspective that that is a ridiculous statement of course you want that every studio in the world wants something like that uh the difference with dc is that they actually have the creative assets that if they did have somebody like that they would be the only group that could hold a candle to what marvel is doing i think right right Uh, maybe that was their plea to say hey uh kevin kevin buddy pal hey uh are you (laughs) You like too busy to like handle both big comic book <laughs> yeah. leaders. What do you What do you think? If you didn't have to sleep anymore, could you do it all? I think that's what they're really going for here. I mean, hey, they did it with James Gunn, <laughs> right? True. I mean, they they snatched their opportunity, and I'm sure that if the opportunity presented presented itself, there would be no value big enough for a blank check that they would write. Like, I mean, they would be all in on such a thing. But it's just like. To your point, Kirk, yes, I am excited that they have said things are not good right now. Because even though they've had a couple of recent hits, they still I still I still am never confident in anything coming out of that shop. No. At all. Um, I'm not confident in Warner Media's ability, you know, obviously the leadership is changing, so that's that I think is a good thing. But they had their hands and fingers and everything and were busy ruining everything that came out for the better part of a decade out of that brand. So yes, they've acknowledged there's a problem. Am I confident in their ability to solve it? Not very, not very, but if they do Kirk more Superman content for you, which sounds I'm sure spectacular. Um, I don't know how I feel about them saying more Joker like content, like in theory excited about that, but I don't even know what more, more things like the Joker would be like it sort of is a it sort of is its own little ecosystem and idea like there's nothing that other than Martin Scorsese films which obviously influenced the movie there's nothing that Mm. really like compares to that in the superhero world so the only thing that I would have wanted was if we had Matt Reeves Batman interact with Joker and that's out. That's out now. It's out. It's, it's out. Done. We've got another. We've got another Joker in the fold in Barry Keaton. However, 
if they're going to rewrite all this DC stuff, why not send Barry Keoghan on his way back well, to the MCU? And I just wonder where this leaves the DCEU because you've got everything is hinging on the Flash right now, too. But Ezra, Ezra Miller is a mess. I, I don't understand why we, as a collective, are still tolerating this dude when he's a scrub. He's a, he's a thug yes. is what he is. Like, he goes around, harasses people, fights people. He's a jerk. So I, I don't understand why it's like, oh, yeah, let's go see The Flash. Let's make a movie. Let's make a whole Flash thing with Ezra Miller. Like, he's the worst. Of all the people who have been canceled, why has this guy gotten the pass? Why, indeed. I mean, Ezra Miller's doing crap that uh, uh, that Russell Crowe did in his heyday. Um, but like the, <laughs> without any of like the, anything to back it up, you look at Russell Crowe, you're like, man, man, just, just watch out. Don't mess with that guy. You see Ezra <laughs> Miller, Ezra Miller started all those fights. Absolutely. Hands down. I think Russell Crowe was, was the recipient of a lot of those people wanted to get into a fight with him to say, I fought the gladiator. I did right. it. I beat him. You know? Ezra Miller is a clown. Yeah. Like he should play the Joker. Like, let's try that because he is just, what a sad, just annoying guy. Like I, I still don't understand why Gus, uh, Gustin isn't um, playing the Flash on on the big screen. It doesn't make any sense. No, so, me. I, I mean, maybe we disagree here. I don't, I don't think we do. But the the, the CW stuff has to go. You want to talk about creating a creating a coherent, high quality brand? The CW, in my opinion, is bad for their brand because. I think that I think that the CW, the reason those things exist and are successful, is because their fans were so hungry for DC content for so long, especially these fans that are like fans of niche characters like Green Arrow and Green Lantern mm-hmm. and Flash and like these. Not the I mean, Flash is a big character. That was probably a bad example, but you know what I mean. Like not Batman, not Superman, not Wonder Woman. But it has devalued their brand because. Those people watched it because they're like, well, I, I have to. And they kind of taught themselves to like it, I guess. But now DC's like, look how crappy of a thing we can put out that people will love. <laughs> you know, like that that seriously is probably their mindset. And I just feel like that's got to go. You want to build a high quality image? Like look at the TV shows that Marvel is putting out, if that's your competition. Or even even Lucasfilm, you know, because they, they have a similar catalog of characters. Right. Their, their television shows are good. Your television shows on the CW are hot garbage. So right. get rid of that. I, if I was in that meeting, I'd be banging the gavel. CW shows, gone. Or just rebooted with a higher quality product. Right. First of all, I think I said Gus Gustin, and it's Grant Gustin, Grant Gustin who plays yeah. the Flash on the CW show. No, but show. see, it sounded like you just were only trying to say the last name, and like you were like, "Oh, perfect." You know, well, then but, just well, until edit this now. out. If if you're watching live, <laughs> forget what you've seen. <laughs> um, the second part is I think we've said this before too, but it feels like uh, it feels like the DC is like they saw someone came in. They said, "Man." I just watched this incredible movie with Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane. It's called The Producers. We can make more money <laughs> off of our failures. Yeah, exactly. Said, Let's do it. And they are. They are. You can't look at the first season of The Flash with Grant Gustin. After that, it just gets insane. You can't look at him and say, yeah, this kid understands this character. Let's put him on the big screen. No, 
You picked Perks of Being a Wildflower, Ezra Miller? You yeah. are wrong, ladies and gentlemen. You are wrong. So I really hope that, at the very least, we get him in the Flash movie as an alternate version of that the Flash. Cool. Just as, like, a like a thank you for yeah. kickstarting it all. But it really is just a mess. It's an absolute mess. It is. But we'll see what comes out of it, if anything. Um, you know... DC, like I said, if DC gets their act together, they really can be a formidable player in this space. They have the right characters. They have the right, they have all, it's all there. All, you know, all the material right. is there in the comics, in the video games, in the, in the cartoons. It's all there. Um, they just have to do something with it. And so far they haven't, but if, if they, if they do it, it, it will be something to see. It will be something to see for sure. True. All right, let's try to move quick through these last ones. We're getting some more details, Kirk, about David O. Russell's new film. And now, if you are not super familiar with David O. Russell, he was making stuff consistently, like, every year for a long period of there. But this will be his first film since 2015. This is the director of The Fighter, American Hustle, Joy, um, Silver Linings Playbook. He's had a big, long list of successful films with high-profile actors, Academy Award-winning actors, and his next film is in the works right now. It's, well, it's it's done, but it will be released later this year. So there's a title out there, Kirk. What do we find out about this? There, there's a title floating out there. What, yes, is, it? Uh, what is it? Canterbury Can- Glass? Canterbury Egg. Canterbury Egg, I think. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> uh, yeah, Canterbury Glass, but on IMDb it says untitled but everybody else is calling it canterbury glass i don't know if this is like a nintendo project dolphin situation where it's like that was the working title like the secret title and we everybody's going to call it canterbury glass until it has a real title i don't really know um but anyway there's some new details coming out about this film particularly around the cast and i wanted to call this out because there is a trend here kirk with these like super casts that are coming out that have like a thousand people all of whom are pretty pop culturally relevant i think of like don't look up then you have whatever christopher nolan's doing with this oppenheimer movie he seems to have cast 75 percent of hollywood in this film then Greta Gerwig got in on it with Barbie. That cast is growing every single day. Ryan Johnson with Knives Out 2. Like the, these casts are just growing and growing and growing. And David O. Russell, his, his latest film, is in that conversation now. Because his film is starring Margot Robbie. This is all reportedly. John David Washington, Christian Bale, Taylor Swift, Anya Taylor-Joy, Robert De Niro, Rami Malek, Chris Rock, Zoe Saldana, Michael Shannon, Timothy Oliphant, Alessandra Nivola, um, and Mike Myers. What? Insane. Insane. What is happening? And 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 the, I guess this is again a like a biopic type thing, which is what David O. Russell has been doing a lot more, like what they call like creative nonfiction, where it's like a true story, but they take creative liberties with it. Basically, what. Um, Aaron Sorkin has been doing for a thousand his whole career has been doing that but this is like very much in the same vein as like American Hustle, Joy The Fighter Um, it's about three friends who witness a murder in the 1930s they become suspects in that murder and then they as you know as they try to 
uncover themselves as suspects or try to, you know, release themselves from suspicion, they uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. What could it be? I don't know. But which supercast is your favorite right now, Kirk, out of all the ones that are currently going? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's impossible. And Margot um, Robbie's in mul- <laughs> multiple. She's in all three. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, uh, I, I can't remember who's in Oppenheimer. Um, so it's Killian Murphy, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Yep. Um, every other uh, British person who's ever existed in the world they the entire cast of harry potter just <laughs> yeah they just exactly. moved the cast exactly list over. hold on hold on i'll pull it up for you but i'm gonna say my pick right now is barbie just because like if ryan gosling and margot robbie are your leads both of them are insanely talented and couldn't be better cast for the roles of barbie and ken for obvious right. reasons right. um like it's really hard to beat that and also greta gerwig is awesome but yeah kenneth branow is in oppenheimer which he was in oh, dunkirk with christopher nolan yeah that's i'm done you're done he's he's my florence he's my Pugh, gary oldman emily blunt matt damon <sighs> remy yeah, malik again jack quaid josh peck josh hartnett go back what josh hartnett yeah and josh peck like pearl harbor josh hartnett correct and uh <laughs> david dust malkin matthew modine shout out stranger things Wow. Uh, it's it's wild times out there. It's wild times. But the Josh Hart Netaissance <laughs> is, is on. What... <laughs> it's on. <laughs> but the super the era of the supercast is here. It's here. Currently. That one, that one wins. That one definitely wins. But this one, it, all three of these big hitter casts. I mean, I remember. I mean, I mocked all of these movies that were gaining speed with these because I I just think about like Valentine's Day, which. You know what? A, it's a dumb movie. It's a money grab, yes. anyways. But you have Valentine's Day. You have um, he's just not that into you. Where they're like, look at all these stars we're right. dumping into it, and you're like, oh no. In all, you know, all reasoning should tell you it would be a good movie because of the star power. But man, Doesn't none of those people like fit together. Yeah. So Shout all out of these Gangster supercasts, yeah, Gangster <laughs> Squad. What a. <laughs> Rest in peace, Gangster Squad. Uh, I think that you have to, you can get the star power, but they all have to be able to work with one another. Uh, you can't just fit anyone you want. Like, let's throw Sylvester Stallone in there too. Like, no, they, then your movie is ruined because he doesn't have the right uh, mojo that fits with everyone else. So I think that each one of these, I don't see a missed cast member in each of their units, in each of their cores. So we'll see. We'll see how each plays out. We'll do a vote on the Supercast winner of 2022. I think the one bad thing, and then I'll leave it at this because we're we're going on way too long here, but like the, the one thing about these Supercasts is I feel like it does invite an unhealthy amount of anticipation around these mm. movies to the point where like nothing could ever live up to it. You know, like, like it, it will never be what you picture in your mind it to be because that thing, like that expectation isn't even real or possible, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I always feel that way with these movies that have like crazy, amazing stacked casts. Like the, like, and, and I don't know that we've seen anything of the likes of the ones that we just mentioned, but it, it does sometimes make you feel like, oh, well, that wasn't as good as I thought it would be because what I was expecting is impossibly high standards because of the, the names on the list, but... Right. We'll see if, if that happens with these. All right. Quick hitters. We're going to fly through. 
Um, Kaylee Cuoco talked to Glamour Magazine and said that she lost out on Kate Hudson's role in Knives Out 2 and that it broke her heart. She said, I cried and cried all night long and it went to Kate, who's great. She said she had her her bags packed for Greece because she was so sure that she was going to get it. Ouch. Are you, uh, not that we need to do this, but we're going to because this is content creation. Uh, hashtag Team Cuoco or, or Team Hudson here, Kirk? I am Team Hudson. I'm Team Hudson. Yeah. I, so I really liked the flight attendant, and I think Kay, Kaylee Cuoco, in the right circumstances, can bring it and probably would have done a good job here, but proof is in the pudding with Kate Hudson. You know, she's a she's a savvy vet with lots of skill. I think, you know, virtually, I think still a little bit underrated in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. So I tend to agree with you there, though I still love Kaylee Cuoco. Those things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> Right. I can I can be both. Um, <laughs> this is exciting. Adam Sandler and the Safdie brothers are reportedly working on a new project together, according to IndieWire. I love this. I really hope that it is the worst movie plan. <laughs> I, yes. Wouldn't that be so great? Because he said if he didn't get nominated, right? He said if he didn't get nominated, he would go out and make the worst movie ever made. And how perfect would it be if he made it with the Safdie brothers who got him on the road to a possible Oscar? I just think it would be <laughs> brilliant. I had totally forgotten about that, Kirk. <laughs> but that's that's amazing. And honestly, I think he already has created the worst movie ever made <laughs> in Grown Ups 2. Uh, well, what about Grown Ups 3? Grown Ups yeah. 1, I think, was actually the worst because 2 couldn't have happened without 1, and 1 was horrible. <sighs> so he will have to make a movie worse than that. Um, but you know what's going to happen? Like, if the Safdie brothers make it and they make it intentionally bad, people are going to be like, look at the artistry. <laughs> look at the intentionality. Look how bad they made it. Uh, They'll win the Oscar. They will. State. They will win Guys, for it. It'll get best we picture. Tried really hard to make this stupid and you all ate it up so the joke's on you (laughs) dude i think there is a high percentage chance that that would happen like if they went out there and intentionally made a horrible movie i think there's a chance that it would win best picture oh man please please please. (laughs) or it's uncut gems too (laughs) he comes back from back from the dead (laughs) zombie it's a zombie movie yes Either one of those, you can't go wrong. Um, but we'll see. It. We'll see what happens because I, th- I felt like after Uncut Gems, I was like so ready for the Adam Sandler Renaissance. Like yes. I was ready for the Adam Sandler to do the Steve Carell thing and become like a serious actor and do all these big movies. Um, you know, Punch Truck Love and stuff like that. Kind of, I don't know. It, they tiptoed. They tiptoed. Right? They dabbled. You know, I was like, ooh. We're close. I can see it. We're there. And then with Uncut Gems, I really thought like, oh my gosh, she's going to get nominated for an Oscar. This is it. This is the moment. But It's, it's actually, uh, it is the sequel to Uncut Gems, but it's called Uncut Joms. That's, Uncut Joms. That's yes. What it is. And it only stars Julia Fox. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving right along here. We've got a couple of other quick hitters. These are really quick. Um, Netflix has acquired The Man from Toronto, which is a Woody Harrelson and Kevin Hart film from Sony, which is like an assassin movie, but it's probably a parody because it's like it's Kevin Hart (laughs) and it's called The Man from Toronto, which sounds like a serious assassin movie, but then it's like the city is Toronto. Um, But Netflix and Sony continuing to work together. I feel like that's probably more notable than the title itself, but that's that's coming later this year. There is 
a Marmaduke movie in the works. And actually, it's done. It's cooked and ready to go, come out of the oven. It's coming out the same day as, wait for it, <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It will release only on Netflix, and it stars Pete Davidson. Ah, I don't know if I'll be able to catch the Doctor Strange showing. Ooh. Well, I think we'll review Marmaduke that week, and then we'll swing back around and get Doctor Strange <laughs> <laughs> later. Uh, we'll see what happens That's there. Good. I like that. And then Dominique Fishback, who we both raved about in Project Power, and who has had a couple of other big roles. She was in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah as well. And she has been cast in a new series from Donald Glover, hashtag Childish Gambino, the goat, Donald Glover, and Janine Neighbors' uh, new series for Amazon. So it's supposed to focus on some sort of like pop idol Beyonce-like figure, according to Variety. Nice. Good for her. She's awesome. She is awesome. I'm excited for her to get a chance to shine and excited for more Donald Glover creative content because that guy is incredible last two things which is what's to, what to watch for this week or i guess it's it's gonna be three things what to watch for first of all this is really a last week thing but we didn't have a stream uh spider-man no way home is out on hard media and digital media you can have it uh now if you're if you buy it you can get it and the batman is now available to watch on hbo max so if you missed it in theaters first of all shame on you um, shame just kidding shame <laughs> ring the shame, shame bell shame. but now you can watch it at home on hbo max which will not be the same but it will be great and i think you'll enjoy it and finally moon Knight episode four releasing this week i have a confession to make i think i need to turn in my card i think i need to turn in my marvel shill card um mm-hmm. because i have not watched a single second of moon Knight. and what's weird about that things have been crazy busy in general like life has been nuts which is why the podcast has been inconsistent etc but this if you would have asked me at the beginning of all of these shows being announced which one i was most excited about in fact you might be able to go back and listen we probably did a segment on that after all these did get announced if you would have asked me which one i was most excited about this was the one moon knight was the one that i was most excited about but now i'm like caught in this weird space where i'm like do i get caught up now or do i wait and do it then we were doing spilled popcorn for all the other ones we haven't got to do it for moon night we'll have to figure something out but episode four this week hope you enjoy it hope i enjoy it if i get to watch it eventually but we'll see anything else kirk anything i missed i was was just double checking the moon night thing real quick i think it's only six episodes so it is Uh, i think you gotta catch up because people are saying there's big stuff that's gonna happen in episode four I mean, they always say that, like, episode two is going to be amazing. <laughs> what's really what's really surprising, though, is I have dodged all spoilers to date. I'm, and my timeline is full of movie, TV, Marvel people, too, like people who love Marvel. And I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm, I'm evading all of it. So I think it's because, and I won't spoil you here, I think it's because everything that you've kind of seen played out is all establishing, mm. but all exciting it's all exciting establishment of this world and this character yeah so i I wonder if that's why the speculation is coming out on on episode four there was also a teaser trailer specifically for episode four that was but they didn't show what was happening they just it's like a hype thing so i'm like oh people are thinking it's gonna get crazy gonna get crazy all right you've convinced me kirk 
I'm gonna get I'm gonna get caught up. I'm gonna get caught up. I'm gonna do it. Okay. I'm gonna get my act Take together. The- I'm gonna pull my life back together and That's do right. it. That's right. Take half the day off tomorrow. Watch <laughs> the first three episodes. I'm taking the ha- I'm taking really a half late. day on Thursday for my son's birthday, and I'm gonna be like. Hey, I'm taking off for your birthday, but first I need to watch four hours of television. I'm going to spend my whole half day watching four hours of television. Then we'll hang out. Can you take a four hour nap for me? Please. <laughs> please. No, I won't do that, but I will get caught up. I'll do it. I'll start right now. I'll st- I'm leaving the studio and I'm going to go do it right now. Run. Run. So on that note, let's end this episode of popcorn for breakfast. Thank you guys so much for listening to our what's popping episode a reminder you can always catch all of our stuff on youtube that means movie reviews everything um it won't always be right away i'm I'm, I'm working on getting caught up on some stuff kirk and i are both you know this is a this is not even a part-time gig it's like a hobby gig so like we we don't you have to carve out all the time you can get but we uh we appreciate your support especially if you're listening to this right now we love you um if you're watching on the stream thank you so much and if you're, if you're one of those people and you're not in the other group, you should try it out. If you, if you usually listen to the podcast, you want to get on the stream, give it a try, vice versa. We'd love to have you either way. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. want to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, who agreed with our thoughts on Sonic 2. I talked to him on Sunday. He was like, you guys were on the money there. And the band Rhetoric, which you're about to hear right now, give them a listen, and we will see you later this week talk to you then. Bye!